to the Terminal City FC podcast, talking Whitecaps, Canada, Europe, and all the big stories across the world of football. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 112 of the Terminal City FC podcast. Happy New Year to you all. This is the first episode of 2024. Hope you had a very good holiday season. I did. Spent a lot of time with my family. It was uh, pretty nice. And Nathan, how about you? Yeah, I did pretty good. I spent a lot of time with family as well. Unfortunately, I just got an email that the family I spent time with now has COVID. Oh, crap. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. But so far, everyone here in my household is uh, all negative. So I'm hoping it stays that way. Um, yeah, but it's just great. Great to see people you don't haven't seen in a long time. And, uh, you know, we'll be many, many months before I see them again. So always nice to, to remember. Yeah. Hope you celebrated the new year, your loved ones, your friends got some good gifts for Christmas. I certainly did. I know Nathan, you were at the Canucks game last night and picked a pretty good game to go to. Yeah, uh, it was my daughter's first hockey game, live hockey game ever. So yeah, uh, talk about a good one to pick. We yeah, were five sitting, goals in the first period. And we were sitting Canucks. right in that end, only uh, 12 seats up. So she had a, a really, really good view of, of all the goals in the first period. Yeah, and you were in the, the, your hero was in the building, Mr. Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, he was there. I mean, talk about, you know, as a kid growing up uh, in Edmonton, just outside of Edmonton, and, you know, a kid in the 80s and 90s, he was the guy that I got to watch uh, throughout the 80s. Uh, yeah. I, I I knew that he was in town because I'd seen an article. Apparently, he had been, you know, he's friends with the Acolini, so he was visiting them. Didn't think he was going to be at the game, but yeah, sure enough, he was uh, sitting right behind the benches. Yeah, it was a good game to go to, but we've got a lot of football talk to talk about. And over the holiday break, the Whitecaps actually made a signing. Yeah. Demir so, Krylak, if I'm pronouncing that right. Demir Krylak, if you're a Whitecaps fan, you know all about this guy because he scores plenty of goals against the Whitecaps. Yep. So, former Real Salt Lake captain, their former DP, 34 years old, obviously not the player he once was due to back injuries and groin injuries, but he is a midfielder, naturally at Cam, that can score goals and provide service. And he's someone that... Is brought in to fill in the void Julian Gressel left. I think it's the not only the void Julian Gressel left, but it does make me wonder uh, about any potential signing of Junior Hoylet. I I think that's done. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's done too. And I think this is uh, part. I don't think he's come back. About it. Yeah, I do have some concerns. Um, As do I. I I do think it's a it's a good signing, but over the last two years, he's definitely fallen off. Obviously, in 2022. He only played five games because he had a very, very serious injury. Yeah, the he back injury. Been, yeah, he has been able to come back from that. But over half of his appearances last year were from the bench and not from starts, which normally is every year before that is how he uh, how he uh, played in MLS for Real Salt Lake. It does make me wonder. Uh, obviously, production has also fallen off a lot too. The one thing you can say about him, though, is this guy is a creator. This guy can get hats. He's not necessarily the guy that's going to make the assists, but he's the guy that can get the ball from the defensive phase into the attacking phase very, very quickly. Yeah, he's a guy, if you I watch some of his highlights, 
Like he starts the attack with his long passes. Mm-hmm. There are times where he's on the end of it where he scores himself or gets an assist, but he's the guy that starts the counterattack. And yes, yeah. the concern I have is he's 34. He's not going to be the 2021 MLS All-Star, Demir Krylak. But like you said, he came off the bench last season mostly for RSL, and that's pretty much what is expected of him, I think, why they signed him. He's a guy that closes games now. Uh, you take a look at his production in terms of goals and assists. It's drastically down compared to what he normally had. Uh, last year, he only had four goals and one assist. Uh, and that's still in uh, about 1,300 minutes over 27 appearances. But the one thing when we were talking about passing, he's in the 85th percentile for progressive yep. passes, which, I mean, let's be honest, that's something that the Whitecaps could definitely use. Obviously, with limited minutes, but that's still pretty good. Yeah, um, he yeah he's not a guy though that he's gonna you know he he doesn't really take on players anymore. He's not he's not a defensive guy. He just he doesn't have the pace in order to make any uh, defensive skill that he ever did have useful. So he's gonna be a guy. I think that is we talked. It's depth for Sartini. It's not a DP. It's not a Tam deal. It's a guy that they could bring on towards the end of the second half to close down games, or if they need a quick attacking punch. And in order to do that, they need to get the ball up the pitch fast. Right. And he's going to have very limited ways in how he can be used, but he is still useful to a club. Yeah. Older, but he's still useful. And best case scenario is that he becomes that guy, he becomes that super sub that helps the Whitecaps win games or close out games. Yeah. It would be uh, definitely nice. I mean, obviously, he seems pretty excited to come up here, uh, which is which is always nice as well. It was a deal that got done very, very quickly. And, uh, I mean, the, the great thing for the players, he gets to join the team right at the very beginning of preseason, which if yep. we re- all remember last year, Whitecaps were still doing deals after the last preseason game was already finished. Right, Cordova and Yohei Takaoka. Yeah. And get signed to like the last week before the regular season. Luckily, Krylak has some time to get settled in and good player. I mean, it's, it's a decent signing, but we can't really know the full context unless you know his salary gets released in the official MLS salary guide a few months from now. And like I said, this guy was a white caps killer seven goals against the white caps, the most. Tied for most against any team in his career with LA Galaxy and RSL. Mm-hmm. And in op- opening day last season, he scored that the winning goal at BC Place. Of course, right? <laughs> right. And now he's on the Whitecap side. That's what you do. You go after the guys that always score against you. Yeah, just like uh, Blas Perez. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Perez was okay, but clearly wasn't the player he once was. He had the he overhead the kick. He had that yeah. one overhead kick. And that kind of, you know, gave us a highlight reel. But other than that, yeah, I'm not too sure. <laughs> Karlik isn't expected to be the highlight reel guy. Just the guy that provides the service. Yes. And there's no way, unless they're up like 3 nothing in a game, that there's no way that Vanny Sartini would want him to play in the striker role like he played at RSL. Unless they're up by a huge margin. It would have to be a huge margin, and even at that point, I'd be wanting to bring on uh, someone higher up the pitch, like Betcher, like Betcher, or Alonso Johnson. Johnson up there. Yeah, yeah. And in the three-four-one-two formation, I wrote about this. 
he would come off the bench like in the eight position to replace someone like Shaf Vite or Ali Ahmed. He's very much in the Shaf mold, isn't he? Yeah, he would ideally in a game where they need more spark, like offensive spark, yeah. he'd come off a shot. Yeah, that's I, I completely agree with that as well. And another thing, he's experienced. He's a leader. And that's another good asset to have in any team. Yeah. And I think Axel talked about bringing in players with more experience at the year-end presser. And there's, there's one guy. Yeah, I mean, not only is he a, a guy with MLS experience, he's got international experience as well. I think he played uh, originally overseas. He was with uh, Union Berlin back when they were in the, uh, the second level Bundesliga. But yep. he started off um, doing really well back in Croatia with uh, Rijeka, which is yep. one of the top clubs uh, in that country. Yep. And he spent the last six years with RSL. Uh, last two or three is their captain and it. If you look at RSL fans on Twitter, they are choked that Krylak has left and joined the Whitecaps because he apparently was a fan favorite there on and off the pitch. He did a lot of work off the pitch. I know he had a, a supporter section that was named, I think, after him, which was for uh, for kids, uh, hundreds and hundreds of kids that kind of went through there uh, getting opportunities to, to come to games and uh, everything else that he did off the pitch as well. I can understand why they're choked. Yeah, but, but they had to move on from this guy. Exactly. I also understand why the change is being made for them. It's gonna it's gonna yeah, like you said, it's it's gonna have to just wait and see if it actually pays off for the White Cows. Yeah. And keep your expectations low for him. Don't be don't expect him to wow you. Just get the job done in a death roll. Yeah. That's all pretty much anyone should be asking for Demir Krylock as the new Vancouver Whitecaps. So the window is open. It's January. There's still a lot of questions surrounding the Whitecaps. Will they finally sign that center back you and I have been clamoring for over the past year? I hope so. We do. We did have rumors earlier on in the, the transfer window of a potential left-back signing. Um, Morish, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you Morish, know, to uh, Legia in Poland, I believe. Let Warsaw in Poland. Poland, I can't really fault him for that. No one can. No, uh, it was. I mean, I get it. Uh, it's nice, but I mean, when you have Atakube, who normally plays on the left, can play right as well. You have Martins that can go there. You have Ahmed that can go there. You have Raposo that can go there. I mean, it just. It seemed like a lot. And it made me wonder what's the situation with Richie Larea? who normally can play on the right, if you're moving some of those pieces to play on the right and you're looking for a more permanent solution on the left. Yeah, my sense is that, I mean, the talks don't seem to be... We've heard nothing. It's been raining we've heard silence on my, my speculation, like my own opinion, is that they're hesitant to give him a DP contract and he wants a DP contract. There could be that as well. You also have Nottingham Forest. That's just yeah. a coaching change. That's that's also part of, and it makes me wonder if brand new coaching sees a role for him. Yeah, and remember, Larea signed for Nottingham Forest originally. Then they bought a thousand players. They, they forgot about him, loaned him back yeah. to TFC. And we can talk about that a little bit later. But uh, Nottingham Forest just came out earlier today, I believe. They've retained legal counsel because they could be facing uh, financial fair play uh, violations. Yeah. Uh, 
and that goes with like yeah what did they buy something like 18 players it was it was insane yeah Nuno Espirito Santo is their new manager to replace Steve Cooper I wonder if Larea is in the plans for Nuno I think I would not be surprised if Nuno holds on to him for a bit of January just to take a look at him yeah and then they make a decision on Larea towards the end of January that's what I'm thinking yeah but I the fact that they were in, there was legit interest in a, another wing back shows that there's plan B there. Well, they, they need to start moving. They can't wait. They have their first game uh, the first week of February. Yeah, and this should be resolved as soon as possible because of that first week yeah. of February. Absolutely. Champions Cup. And I still believe that you and I still believe that they need another center back or two to take the pressure off Blackman and Vizalinovich. Laborda? talked about uh, at the end of season that this was not what he expected from himself this year. That there was, you know, there was difficulty, obviously, in your first full season, you know, acclimating not only to uh, a new style of play, but also culture and country. I get it. There's a big, big expectation from himself on himself for the upcoming season. And I'm I'm all for that. I I hope to see a year where he bounces into the player that we hope that he can be. He's still young. I'm hoping he'll get there. If that's the case, that's three center backs. But if you're playing with a back three, you need someone else back there. You can't, you know, keep subbing in Martins or Javain Brown. Or like you need, like I said before, you need someone like Sebastian Burhalter, but a center back. Exactly. You need someone who's out and out. He's capable of deputizing there, but he's a guy that also could be a starter. Like he needs to be a guy that can put pressure on that on the on the three that are there right now. Yeah, and just to take the workload off Vislinovich and Blackman because towards the end of that seven game road trip last season, they both looked gassed, and I believe Ranko had the most appearances out of anyone on the Whitecaps. He did like they were actually trying to find ways to give him some time off because I mean, I think this has actually been for quite a few seasons, barring goalkeeping. And over the past couple of seasons, there was a lot of goalkeeping injuries, so he didn't have to think about that. But he is always number one for appearances, yeah. I mean, he should be, but he played so much, but like he didn't have a day off. No, he didn't, right? I mean, I know they tried, but it was tough, yeah. So, again, get another center back. Ideally, someone who's good at stopping set pieces, someone who could you know, try to get the ball in the net during a corner, the Whitecaps' own set pieces. I mean, well, the thing is, is I don't want to replace Ranko. Ranko is I still yeah. think, probably one of the better defenders, if not the best defender the Whitecaps have right now. He's also very young. He's got a lot of experience underneath him right now. He's got over 100 games uh, with MLS. He's just going to keep getting better. Uh, I don't want to. I mean, they they extended him for another two, three years or whatever it was. They did, but he is a guy that also has been attracting interest back uh, overseas as well. Yeah, and the window's open for Whitecast once again, and there's this. It's time for silly season, so I don't really trust this source, uh, but it's worth talking about. Uh, MLS transfers on Twitter, an IX fan associated with all transfer rumors and all that says source uh, Whitecaps Ali Ahmed is growing interest is growing interest from Europe 
including from Portuguese giant sporting CP. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Ryan Gold, one of the clubs that he was with in Portugal, was it sporting? I don't think so. Oh, why am I thinking that? I know, I know. I think he was maybe he was loan there. I know he had a bunch of loan deals. Right. Let me just look it up. I. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that. Yeah, well. he, he did, but he only made like two appearances because he was on. Yeah, loan. two appearances over two years. That, that's actually where he first started when he came over from Dundee, but he didn't really get going until he was with uh, Frenzy. Yeah, yeah, uh, even with uh, Abes. So uh, we know how good Ali Ahmed was last year. He pretty much became a starter. He's like that Swiss Army knife player. Play left back, midfield, uh, right back, right. Wing back. Like, you can play multiple positions. Obviously, there's no surprise that there would be interest from Europe. But I think it's best for Ali Ahmed to stay at least one more year. Vanny did talk to... about uh, which of the potential players on current Whitecaps roster would excel the most or have the best potential of a move over to Europe. And Ali Ahmed was the first name out of his mouth. I don't think any of us are surprised about that. But... I do think that you got to give him a bit more time as well. Yeah, like let him grow a bit more. Yeah, in he will the MLS. He will get, get him first team minutes. Yeah, rather I than think you also know. benefits the Whitecaps is that if they keep him for a little bit longer. Yes, I know his contract will go down a little bit, but if he starts to show what he is capable of, his transfer value will increase. Right, and give him more first team minutes. It'd be better for him to be a everyday starter. In yeah. MLS, then just rot on the bench in Europe. What I want to see is, I want to see him in the midfield with Vite. They're two yeah. very, very different players, but they complement one another. Right. It, and it's by more... putting those two together, I think it really, really help, would help to unlock Ryan Gold. He can play further up. He can roam. He can let those two guys do the dirty work lower down, more in the kind of transitional area of the pitch. That's what I want to say. I would too, but it would only work if you really want to go all out. Yeah, you it's throw like, Kubas in behind them, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, you really want to go all anything. And I still think they another box to box dev midfielder could be an option. Though Schaff is there, and I believe he can bounce back. Schaff from... is there. If you're bringing in a box to box, you got to figure out what you're going to be doing with him. If you're going to bring in a box to box, you you want you want upgrade. a sizable upgrade on shop. And I think one of the things you need is pace. Because shop again, it's skill set. We've seen him do it, but he's always second to the ball. Yeah, it's mostly just a guy that right. We even passed. saw a referee beat him to the ball. <laughs> yeah, who could have forgot forget that? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, some more signings. For the white guys, hopefully to be made in the next coming weeks and days. Please get that center back as we've all been clamoring for. Well, you and I, rather. But back to Ali Ahmed, I'd like him to stay another year. I would same say, with same with Pedro Vite, because Vite is someone Vite who could, is a guy that I, I expect that will eventually get his Europe move as well. Yeah, I feel like if things go well for Vite, he could get his Europe move in the summer. If all. 
He could, honestly. Uh, he's going to be hitting the age where he's no longer, I think he is now no longer a U22 initiative player, right? Right. I think this year he'll be 22. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if that counts with this year when he, if he turns to 23 or if it's one more year after that. I can't remember. Anyway, I do think like last year was really a full year coming out for Vite. He really, yeah. really showed what he could do. We actually saw the aggression in the player. Like he was really, really fighting. Uh, he was one of the bigger, um, you know, kind of fighters in a more advanced position in uh, in the park, which was really nice to see because that's something that the Whitecaps sometimes lack. And especially with Va- uh, Vanny wanting to play such a high press and to really, really not give defenders any time on the ball. That's nice to see. That's a guy you want to have. But again, I'm not going to be surprised if Europe comes knocking. Yeah. And the Whitecaps hopefully would get a good sizable fee for Vite if should he move. Yeah. Just over a month, the first game against Tigris at Starlight Stadium will happen and see if the Whitecaps make any moves. If anyone could be going, not just coming in, but coming going out potentially since the window is now open and this is the year they really have to just go for it because gold and kubis are their mid to late 20s 28 i believe this year not only that but gold's on the last year of his contract last year of the contract veselinovich is in his prime i mean brian white's in his prime too yep so you really got to go all out here that's the other thing i want to hear is i want to hear a contract extension for ryan gold <laughs> yeah hopefully Wishful thinking to get it done before the season. Well, the thing is, is you got to extend it or you got to move the player on to get something for him. Yeah. Ideally, you have to extend him like as soon as possible. You uh, you have to. I mean, so much of this team is built, built around on him. him, right? It, yeah. he, he's the linchpin of the team. It, it, there's no surprise. I mean, it's talked about by coaching staff. Uh, media fans, we know the importance of what he has become in the you know two two and a half years that he's been with the Whitecaps. Um, but if he is not going to sign beyond this year, then you, you might have as well a decision sell. to get something for him. Otherwise, you're just then, leaving money you know money lying on the ground. Yeah, but regardless, you got to go all like push for that MLS Cup this yeah. year. Be that contender. Anyway, that's the Whitecaps. Some more moves around MLS. A one involving a Canadian international. Kamal Miller has been traded from Inter Miami to the Portland Timbers in exchange for a chunk of gam. Chunk of gam. And an international slot. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised. I, I mean, the one thing is, is Kamal Miller was brought to Inter Miami when uh, was uh, Neville was coaching down there. Now, and Neville, now he's reunited with Neville. So I do wonder if maybe in that short period of time they were able to build some sort of relationship. Neville was also with the Canadian men's national team for for a little bit as well. So Kamal Miller would have uh, you know built something with him there. Um, I think this is great for Portland. Yeah. 
that part I, I get of why I get why Inter Miami needs it. They need the international spot. They got to give something up for it. And teams are going to look at Inter Miami, realizing international spots for you are going to cost more because we see what you're doing. Yeah. So, but I think this is a pretty hefty price. Right. And now he's reunited united with Zach McGraw, also Canadian international. That could be a decent pairing. It's going to be decent not only for Portland, but it's going to be really good for Canada. Yeah. If you get those two players knowing how to play with one another, imagine what they can do when they come to Canada. They don't have to learn anything. Because they already have right? chemistry. And the nice, the, the, I'm hoping that Miller will be able to help McGraw really, really solidify in that team. And it's going to give someone like, say, Vittoria a gentle exit. Yeah, like Zach McGraw is... I really, is... really like uh, Stephen Vittoria on the men's national team, but he's not the player he once was. Yeah. And he knows that. He knows it. Like Zach McGraw is 26. He should be in his prime. And having that yeah. familiarity of Kamal Miller, who's a decent defender for Canada was yep. okay with Miami and pretty good with Montreal. It could, you know, solidify a connection. That's my hope anyway. Yeah, that should be the hope. One uh, that really surprised me, uh, talking about uh, Portland making other moves, Yimichara heading over to Junior FC. He's going to be joining uh, uh, Whitecap down there. Driver uh, Caicedo. Thank you. Why was the name escaping me? This one Ooh. surprised me. Yeah, this one is interesting because it feels like the Chara has been synonymous with Portland. Portland. Though um, his brother, uh, the other Char, Diego, yeah, it's been like there for forever. But Yimmy has been there for the past three years. I mean, the one thing is uh, he's one of those guys that's very noticeable on the pitch. Shortened stature, built like an like a brick house. Though, um, I mean, he terrorized the Whitecaps every time he was here. Yeah, though he didn't have the best year last year. No, so I guess they thought it's time to move on, and that opens a DP spot for Portland. It doesn't make me wonder if it might have been player initiated. Might have been. Yeah. Talking about uh, surprises going on in the league. What about Nicholas Ladero? Well, this wasn't a surprise that he left Seattle. Not a surprise he left Seattle. But is it a surprise he went to Orlando? Not really, because I think he did say that he wanted to stick in M- stay in MLS. And we did know that if he was going to stick in MLS, I th- it was kind of weird when he left. His video was almost an apology to fans to say, "When I come back, please yeah. don't boo me," sort of thing. Um, I think Maybe. he was looking for an Eastern Conference team. Yeah, so he doesn't have to play Seattle. Exactly, often. right? I mean, for Orlando, they get some defensive, uh, not defensive, uh, midfield veteran presence. I guess Def, since he's, you know, on the decline. I mean, Ladero has been synonymous with the Seattle Sounders. Arguably one of, if not the best player they've ever had. So... Seattle's got a very storied history. Uh, he definitely joins the names of players that have played for Seattle. But it, yeah, I don't know if he'd be number one, but he's definitely in there. Yeah, I don't. Maybe number one. Maybe someone like Clint Dempsey would it probably would be take tough. that place. Uh, you could also uh, say uh, a friend. Yep. Devin Fry, even. He's yep. still there. 
Yeah, exactly, right? Um, I mean, Seattle is just – they're kind of one of those dumb – I mean, they've fallen a little bit by the wayside, but they are still one of the dominant teams of MLS. I'm and they sure have been for so Seattle so will find ways to keep relevant because – they were still what top three of uh, of the Western Conference. Yeah, but like we said, it was probably felt like the last dance for the Seattle Sounders we know of. And they had Sounders, such an aging squad. Like the there's going to we'll be see, turnover there for the next couple of seasons. The Sounders we'll see this year will be not the Sounders we're used to. The oh, one thing I wonder for the Sounders, and I think that fans. will be the big shift for them, is when Fry retires. I think that's going to be the biggest domino. Because how long has he been between the stars? I have no idea. Like forever. It's been ye- oh, man. It feels like my lifetime. Yeah. But for Orlando, I mean, they took big steps last year, making it to the second round of the MLS Cup playoffs. They finished, like, third or second. Yep. So adding Ladero just kind of bumps them up a little. The one or thing more. is, is I feel like Ladero moving to Orlando – is a bit, I don't know, I don't want to say this, but I feel like it's a bit of a retirement move. At least he didn't go to Miami. That's that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, my hope is that he still gets the minutes that he is capable Probably of Probably will. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get some minutes, but he won't be relied on to be that guy. Yeah. You know, like he was in Seattle. And then here's the move that I've been thinking about because it uh, it affects uh, Team Canada. Canada. It affects my my Spurs over in yep. Big, big, big move. Big move. Hugo Lloris, captain of the uh, French national team who won the World Cup, is now an LAFC goalkeeper. And Trepo yeah, is a free agent. Yeah, so Hugo Lloris is an MLS. He'll play for LAFC, and much to the, uh, I guess, delight of you and Felipe, you'll get to see him in person. Yeah, it'd uh, be weird uh, seeing him on the other side of things. Yeah, I mean, but on was, the other uh, side. He was uh, Tottenham's goalkeeper for over 11 years. Yeah, I mean, there, he was Tottenham's captain for a long time, too. Yeah, everyone thinks Harry Kane was the captain. Never he was. So it was Hugo Lloris. It was Hugo Lloris. A World Cup winner, uh, Champions League finalist. I mean... MLS is a good place for him. Obviously not a top European goalkeeper, but in MLS, a number one. Yes, yeah. but this affects Canada because Max Crepeau is a free agent. His contract is out, and I would assume that they didn't keep Crepeau because of salary demands. That's what I'm thinking. So they just went and got a big name knowing that you know they're LAFC. The one thing is, is reportedly Lloris is only on a deal that's around 300000 a year. Yeah. So really he has taken a massive pay cut. He, he, he's not playing here for the money. He's playing here for the environment, the atmosphere. The weather. The weather. Yeah. And also because he just wants to play, right? Yeah, because he, he just wants to play. He, he's not playing at Spurs, right? Right. Um, here's one thing. I'm happy that Lloris stayed with Spurs up until January because I think that did wonders for Vicario. Being able to learn from someone like Lloris, I think it really, really helped him. And Vicario has come out and said that having six months with someone like Lloris did wonders not only for 
making him comfortable in London, but also just helping him become that starting starting player. There was no animosity from Lloris, nothing. Everyone knew the situation. They went down and got to business. It makes me cautiously optimistic for Max Crapo because if he is ever going to make the big jump, now is the time to do it. He should go to Europe. Right? I know there's been a lot of talk, especially, you know, in Eastern Canada of, oh, let's bring him back to Toronto, bring him back to his home. You just signed Sean Johnson last year. He's one year into a contract. And yes, don't get me wrong. It was an abysmal year. But it was an abysmal year, year. not just for him, but for everyone. Cray Poe is not coming to that show. Also, I don't know... This is might be me reading into it a little bit. I don't know if Cray Poe wants to play for Herdman because he's just used to being Herdman's second fiddle. Yeah. And I think, you know, Cray Poe being the guy who wants ambition. He left the Whitecaps partly because of ambition. Yep. He's won an MLS Cup with LAFC. He's a finalist for the CONCACAF Champions League. So more ambition equals Europe. I see that as well. I, he is what, 28? Yeah. Something this like is that. when you, you got to make that move. 29. Right? Yeah. He's a goalkeeper. He's got a few more years on top of everything. He could he could go to Europe and play a good five, uh, six, maybe pushing it, seasons. Yep. Right? If you're going to move, you're moving now because it costs a team nothing. Right. And then they'll sign him for free. Exactly. Right? I mean, there's wage demands, but free. Wage demands nothing. He'll be fine. Uh, he, I mean, a team can afford it. It's just whether or not they can look. They want to look at him. And I, I got to think there's got to be some team. I mean, you're talking about like, say, especially like, you know, the the lower nations. You know, they take a look at say a uh, Belgium, Netherlands. We talk yep. about uh, Portugal. Like, the, Portugal? there's there is a, there is a place for him. A lower tier German team, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see it. Uh, John Thorrington, of the, he's the president of LAFC, spoke to the LA Daily News, said, Max was a guy we left a season hopeful we could sign him, but without getting into much detail, as the week progressed, it became highly unlikely. Yeah. I think anytime you start having a, a starter like that get to the second half of a season and you still don't see a deal done, the writing is there for everyone to see. Right. And that I, I hate to say it, but that's my fear with Ryan Gold. If we start getting that's past too. the summer, I'm gonna start wondering what's going on. And I'm gonna ha- basically I've already answered the question for myself. Yeah. Me too. So it'll be interesting to see where Kripo ends up. Hopefully it's some European club. Yep. Where he can get a lot of minutes because he's proven he's a starter. Hugo Lloris is now an LAFC player and Kripo, hopefully he'll find somewhere else to shine. Yeah. Also, big news Canadians to talk about. Let's talk about Tejan Buchanan. So this has been rumored for like a year now, and it's finally happened. Yeah, Tejan you know, Buchanan has left Club Rouge and has joined Inter Milan, who are currently top of Serie. A. Uh, not a surprise to anyone. Yeah, seven million euros fixed fee plus add-ons, and I think he's in Milan today just to yep. get everything. Settled with the medical tests. And it's about time he got out of Club Rouge because he, there was such a mess over the past year and a half. He, he didn't play much. 
I nope. think. But when he played, he looked fine. Not bad, not great, but fine. He does join an Inter Milan that is very, very set in their defense. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they use someone like him uh, alongside uh, Denzel Dumfries. Um, but especially since it seems like the best position for him going forward is as a wingback. That's probably where he's going to go. I mean, he's a very attacking wingback. He's got pace that lets him get. Yeah, he's got pace. He's got service. He's got to remember to get back. That's the thing. That's the thing, right? Like he's 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 a good wingback that sometimes forgets those defensive uh, responsibilities. Yeah, but like the offense is there. Yeah, like he can pass, he can cross, he can run. I think I think he's got a, a lot of people to learn from at Inter Milan. I mean, you talk about Denzel Dumfries. You talk about uh, you know the center back pairing, uh, which can help just with basic defensing of Devries and Bastoni. Bastoni yep. is still you know the guy that I wish had made the move uh, myself uh, a little bit a while ago. He's also it's got a. There's going to be interest to see what happens with Juan Cuadrado. Right. Right. And that's one of the ones that, if Cuadrado moves on, does give a bit of an opening to uh, to Tejon Buchanan. I mean, the one thing is, is I can understand why uh, Inter Milan uh, pulled the trigger on this one because Buchanan didn't cost a whole lot. Yeah, seven million euros. Yeah. So that's uh, it's only twenty four too. Like, so this is a player is entering his prime. Exactly. My my hope is though is that if this move has happened now and it has, is that he plays and that yeah, might be a tough one thing. to rot on the bench. That could be a tough thing. Yeah, like right now, maybe he'll be a deaf guy, but if Quadrado leaves in the summer, like next yeah. season, hopefully there's, he could there's be definitely an options everyday for starter. him going forward. Right, he could be that wing back behind the midfield of Mkhitaryan, Barella, and Calhoun Unglu. Yep. I mean, they so got long Mart- as he's not relying on Devries and Bastoni to help him in the back end. <laughs> yeah, who who knows? Maybe Bastoni could be on his way out in the summer. You never know. He just signed a new deal. Yeah, right. He just signed a new deal. Because uh, I know Spurs were going heavy on him in the summer. Uh, he's one of those guys that I think expressed interest on of staying in Italy. I don't know if he wants to move abroad. Yeah, and just but, looking at the Serie A title race, 45 points for Inter Milan, 14-3-1, but Juventus are two points behind them. Yeah. And both teams have been in good form and won four out of their last five, so it could be an interesting title race. And Tejon Buchanan will be a part of that. Absolutely. Hopefully he'll actually play games to help Inter win the Scudetto. Yep. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is on the, the women's side is Ashley Lawrence, uh, yep. the 2023 FIFA Pro World 11. This is like the, the World 11 as voted by players. Ashley Lawrence is the one Canadian that is one of the 23 nominees. Well, that's great. So we're talking best players in the world, right? Yeah. And she showed um, a lot of good stuff for a club and country. Oh, always a player I've loved to watch. I still remember her winning. Uh, uh, what was the best youth player at the uh, that was the Youth World Cup that Canada hosted? Yep. Um, glad Chelsea signed her last summer. Yeah, she's been great, and she's proven she's one of the best fullbacks in women's football. 
and just great to see her at least be even nominated. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Josh, what's going on, Chelsea? So Chelsea are winning games again. I'm not going to talk about all of them because there's been a lot. So Luton Town should have been a win. It was, but it wasn't easy because this is Chelsea. So Cole Palmer proves why he's Chelsea's best player and why he's the signing of the summer for them. Scores twice and gets an assist on Nani Madwaki's goal. And by the way, he should play a lot more because Maurizio Pochettino didn't like his like work ethic or whatever in training. And then Nani Madwaki plays two games and scores two goals. <laughs> so there's that. So if that's not enough to pitch Poch that he should play more, I don't know what is. Because Madwaki's got the skill set to be a really good player. And Cole Palmer is showing that he is becoming one of the focal points, or if not the focal point when Christopher Nkunku isn't playing, to Chelsea's attack. Like, it was a dominating game for 70 minutes. They were moving the ball well. Kaiseido was controlling the midfield, despite Connor Gallagher running around all over the place. I mean, he had no choice because there's Enzo Fernandez wasn't fully fit, and Connor Gallagher had to step up a bit more. You know what I will say about Connor Gallagher is now that I've watched him closely, the one thing I did not realize him uh, realize about him before is his ability in passing. He's not a bad passer, like but people on Twitter are saying, "Oh, he's not creative." Well, he's not really a creative guy, but he's a, not a terrible passer. No, he's not that bad. Like he he actually has a decent ball that can get through players. Yeah, but the main focal point for Connor Gallagher is that he's a workhorse. He runs around, tackles, yes. and he just passes. That's what he should be. Yeah. Nothing more. And speaking of Gallagher, it's expected that he will turn down every move that comes in January. Yep. Although because, Spurs are still trying to do it. Yep. But Which I am surprised. I would have thought they would have stopped by now. Me too. But Connor Gallagher has expressed his interest publicly that he wants to stay at Chelsea yeah. for years. Well, I mean, he's a, basically an alternate captain. He's captained the, yeah. the side quite a few times already, every time Reese James is injured or suspended. Yeah, and I said last show that Gallagher is nothing more than a squad player. And that's not there's nothing wrong with that. Like no. there's nothing wrong with keeping Connor Gallagher as a deaf guy, as a guy that can come off the bench or start the odd game. Nothing wrong with that. At all. So back to the game. Good 70 minutes, but then Luton Town got back into it when they were up 3-0. Uh, Elijah Adebayo scored, but it was offside. And then I, I don't understand that this team can't just stop conceding on a set piece. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. With the Whitecaps. <laughs> I have no idea like what they they do or what they are learning in training for set pieces. But Ross Barkley, the former Chelsea player, scores from a header off a corner. Had to be him. Then, of course, Adebayo gets one himself after some poor defending. But it could have been worse if not for the disallowed goal for offside and Jordi Petrovic making a big save. Who, by the way, I think should be the starter going forward over Robert Sanchez because Petrovic has looked very calm and just focused in goal and he doesn't have those brain farts like Sanchez does I was gonna say that's one of the the strikes against Chelsea is the revolving door they've had for years in goal yeah ever since Courtois forced his way out yeah there's Kepa 
And then Mendy came and had one and a half good years. And then Kepa had to start again. And now we got Sanchez and Petrovic. Yeah. So they signed Petrovic because on the hope that he could be that starting goalkeeper. And he's proven it at MLS that he's a starting goalkeeper. Now he's trying to prove it in the Premier League. So far, he's a very young guy too. 24. And we did see him live in person when the New England Revolution came here. Yeah. Over a year and a half ago. I don't understand some of Pochettino's decisions like late in game. Like he takes off Medwaki for Enzo Fernandez, who clearly isn't fit because apparently he has some hernia problem. And then I don't know why he decided to start Broya, who hasn't been bad form, instead of putting Jackson up top. But though Nicholas Jackson has been a lot better on the wing than he is as a striker because he's got the tools. But it's the decision making and the for like the final third play. Yeah. So that might have been Jackson's best games in a few weeks. He had the assist on uh I believe Palmer's first goal. But now he's off to AFCON. So they're gonna be stuck with Broya and I guess Nkunku as striker, though Nkunku's obviously a, a camp. And I just team just can't give up a keep a clean sheet because in the games they just look the structure just disappears they look complacent uh that's the big criticism of Mauricio Pochettino the game management and I get that's fair I get taking off uh, someone like Palmer for a young guy like Alfie Gilchrist or Gilchrist but they're up by one not two or three because that few last few minutes, even though I was watching it back, was nerve wracking. <laughs> like they almost blew it to Luton Town, a team near the bottom of the Premier League, a team that just got recently promoted. And like Pochettino has to fix like the, the in-game management because we can't see this in the games going forward, where it takes off um, players that were doing well for players that aren't fully fit players out of position and just like Chelsea taking the foot off the gas. It's very frustrating at times, but I'll take the win. I'll take the win. But Pochettino's game management really, it's just so poor. And we can't see this in the Carabao Cup because again, that's a trophy Chelsea have to win this year. So up next for Chelsea is Preston in the FA Cup. Then Middlesbrough in the EFL Cup semifinal. Fulham at home in the league. Middlesbrough return leg at home. And then league leaders Liverpool on the 31st. So a favorable schedule for the next few weeks until the 31st. Make the most out of it. And one last thing here is the transfer window is now open. It's time for Todd Bowley to spend money. And he kind of already has apparently. I don't know. Parent, who this player is, Chelsea made a signing on some young guy I've never heard of. Uh, some guy named Pape Dadu Dong. I don't know. I, I don't know who this is. Apparently. So, just another uh, signing for the project, I guess. But, we all know Chelsea need a striker 
because Nicholas Jackson is not there yet, and I also don't get the hate for him so much. Like, oh, he's terrible. He's the worst striker we ever had. Guy's like 21, 22 in his first year. So cut him some slack a little bit. Yeah, he needs to be better at certain areas, but he has shown some promise. So just keep the noise down on him a little bit. And they've been linked to Victor Osman for months. Though Victor Osman signed a contract extension with a massive release clause. He did, yeah. Uh, his birthday was, I believe, December 30th. And some fan on Twitter said, Happy birthday. Uh, please rescue, uh, come and rescue Chelsea. And then Osman himself replies, because the picture is of a young Osman. I don't know how old, like maybe 16, 17, wearing a Chelsea jersey. And he replied with a bunch of heart emojis and like the prayer emoji. And that sent Chelsea Twitter into hysterics because everyone doesn't think rationally and likes to, you know, come jump to conclusions. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't help. That. <laughs> I don't um, really fault anyone because the links have been real. Between Osman and Chelsea. And Osman has said that growing up he liked watching Chelsea. And he liked DDA Drogba. Yeah, it's still up. I can't believe it. Happy birthday, Victor Osman. Please come and rescue Chelsea soon. He replies, two hearts, prayer emoji. You know what? It's a weird thing to tweet back. It is weird. It is weird. And it's one of those things where I get you can be a, you can be a fan of whoever you want. But... I'm, you got to think that, you know, Napoli executives or whatnot, maybe it had a bit of a talk with him after that. Yeah. It, well, it's still it's up. strange. Yeah. I mean, I still can't believe Chelsea are a mid-table team and awesome in hinting that he wants to go to Chelsea. Yeah. So yeah, I have a team that just won this cadet, right? Yeah. And then... It's been clear that Osman has not been happy at Napoli past few months, especially after the whole TikTok thing. Yeah. Which was just bizarre. And he's going to cost $100 million plus, thanks to the release clause. And that's pretty much why he signed the contract extension for the release yeah. clause, so he can get a payday and help get Napoli get funds for him. Right. Which, I mean, you got to admit, is a nice thing for a player to do. Because yeah. you might know that you are going, but it also it, it sets a benchmark. Right. And I this is someone that I've been wanting at Chelsea. This is the dream signing. And I don't think it'll happen in this January, but if it does happen, it'll be like what they did with Nkunku, just a pre-contract. And then he comes in the summer. Because I don't see him leaving at all in January. So hopefully 2024 will be a better year for Chelsea. They're in a semifinal of a cup competition. Hopefully some wins. Hopefully some smarter signings. Hopefully, you know, process. I don't I still don't think Pochettino is the guy. I don't really rate him that much anymore. But he can prove prove me and every other Chelsea fan wrong. So at least Tottenham got twenty twenty three off to a good end. And it looks like you already have your center back targets in sight. 
Yeah, you know what? It's it was a better end, but it took a bit to get there. Uh game of the 28th uh against Brighton was not uh pretty to watch. Uh, that was a that was that was just a Brighton masterclass. Yeah, it was it was really and that really is, um, goal was something else. The one thing I will say, it was nice to see Veliz get his first goal. Um you know, he's a guy that I think needs to get more minutes. It was also nice to see Davies get on there because I think he is just the the consummate professional for what he uh, brings to the team, but not a pretty game, not a game I want to talk about. So you know what? We're not a win. Yeah. What I do want to talk about is the win and the win was really, really nice. This was one we were worried about. Uh, How is the team going to respond? Bournemouth, you know, not a top team, but can be a tricky team. Uh, and you know what? Spurs didn't take uh, all that much time to, to get going. Uh, Pape uh, Matsar scored in the ninth minute. Really, really nice to see him. He's been getting a lot of game time lately, especially with uh, Basuma uh, been out. Uh, I think Sar has been great. And he's also one of those players that uh, since Spurs were able to get him back from the loan back, has just been phenomenal. He is one of those guys that I think could be expecting to get a new contract very soon just to beef up what he uh, gets paid because he is definitely on the lower end of the pay scale when it comes to Spurs players. And it's not really reflective of his, his importance to the team right now. Unfortunately, it was only about 20 odd minutes later, he ended up getting injured and had to be taken off. Uh, not a great tackle. Uh, it does look like he should be okay. There was a lot of worry about whether or not he would be able to go and play in AFCON. Uh, I believe he plays with Senegal, which are the defending champions. Um, initial reports after the game are showing that it's maybe not as bad as first feared, which is good for the player. It's good for Senegal, kind of just good all around. My hope though, is that he, if he does end up going, that he is actually fine. So that's, we're still waiting to hear. Um, other than that, uh, Sun scored uh, towards the end of the second half. This was a goal that had been coming all game. It, it looked like every time Sun had the ball, he was absolutely phenomenal <laughs> moving up the pitch. And then that final touch failed him. So for him to finally get a goal was, it was nice. This was a long time coming. And it's really, really nice because this was his last game before he's going to the Asian Cup. So he's going to be now gone for quite a while. And if I remember right, isn't South Korea the defending champions of that? I think they are. Yeah, so these are, I mean, you look at Sar, you look at Sun. These are players that could potentially be gone for quite a while because their their nations will go deep in their respective uh, tournaments. Uh, big, big guys to lose. I mean, that these are tough, tough players that you don't want to see go. But you know it's going to happen. Uh, other than that, nice to see Richarlson getting back on the score sheet. The the guy has now found his form. I know he's a streaky guy, but it's kind of funny. Richarlson now has six goals in the league. He's actually the second highest goal scorer for Spurs. And this all happened in, what, the span of three weeks? I think he has more goals than like Saka, Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus. Of I know, I know, right? Which is funny. Uh, but yeah, really, really happy to see him uh, get going because you can just see him playing with uh, a higher level of confidence now. Uh, and uh, just 
that weight, that immense weight that it looked like he was carrying seems to be going away. So uh, when he came back from Brazil, whatever help he said that he needed, it feels like he's getting it. It feels like the team is behind him and supporting him and willing to do whatever they can to get him back to being not just the player that we know we can be, but you know, the, the human that he wants to be right. So really, really happy to see that. Um, halftime. We also saw the send off for Hugo Lloris. Uh, came out, uh, Ledley King, obviously club legend was there to uh, pay tribute, a uh, bit of a celebration uh, as he gets ready to head off to LA. So always nice to see uh, a little bit bittersweet. Like I said, Lloris was uh, the longest serving Spurs player ever. So tough, tough to see. Uh, Vicario's got big shoes to fill, but so far in half a season, you know what? He's done a phenomenal job of doing it. And the, the interesting thing is you take a look at Spurs, phenomenal beginning to the season. You know, three months in where Postacoglu wins manager of the month three months in a row. Never been done before in Premier League history for a brand new manager. Then they run into injuries and suspension problems, and it looks like they're done. You know, they don't have the depth to keep up their momentum. They haven't got everyone back. In fact, they haven't gotten a lot of their players back, but, but they're they're finding ways to win. Yeah. Again, right? Despite that, there's no... Grinding out and winning some games. Right now, Tottenham is in fifth place, but they are only uh, actually now with uh, Liverpool having just won. They're only six points off the top, and they're only yeah. they're only one point out of third place. So, you take a look at Man City. They had a bit of a hiccup, but they're back. Man City now looks like. They're, they're the yeah. team with the plan. Like they, they got punched in the face and they're angry. Having right? De Bruyne back helps. Having De Bruyne back helps. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Arsenal is still, I don't know what's going on with them. They can't score. They're having That's problems. The right. And I, I need a striker. They're going to go heavy into uh, Ivan Tony, right? They, yeah. That's the guy they want. They've been linked to awesome too. Yeah. But I think Tony's the guy they want. I think Tony's their guy. Yeah. Austin Villa has, kind of shown their underbelly a little bit as of late as well. I think it's been phenomenal what Unai Emery has been able to do with Austin Villa. I don't think it's sustainable. I think they're a good team, but not a title. No. A little challenge, but I don't think they're going to win it. Yeah. So I my hopes for Tottenham in a top four finish are still, still there. confident. I, I think they are part of the title race. I think it's going to be a tough one to to challenge because you got Liverpool doing well. I still think this is Man City's to lose, right? So, it, but it's nice to see that you know after the adversity that Tottenham has gone through after twenty games in, they're still there. They're still yeah. there. They're still a part of it. There's still a lot of season left to go. Uh, now that being said, we have coming up uh, right away is the FA Cup. FA Cup, they'll be playing. Uh, they are going to be playing Burnley, I believe. And the nice thing is, is we may have Mickey Van de Ven back. Oh, that's huge for you guys. Which is huge. I mean, we're we're playing again without a center back. 
the last game was Ben Davies and Emerson Royale as center backs. Yeah, and that was right. They, yeah, now Ben Davies. You take a look at his numbers; he's been phenomenal as deputizing in the in that role on the le- as the left center back when he's been needed. Eric Dyer is a non-entity; he's just not playing. Like the team has actually come out and said they would be very, very happy just to release him on a free. In January. Probably best for both parties. I think it's best for both parties. Dyer has been a bit of a stickler. He said he's going to wait till the end of the contract, which does bring back memories of uh, Danny Rose. But you know what? If that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. He's still on the books until this summer, which is tough because Eric Dyer, when he came in, was it five, six seasons ago? He's been that guy that has never complained and he has played. Now this season, I get it. It's just not there. He's he's it's past he's him. He's just not that guy anymore. He's just not that guy anymore. And I do want to see, especially when you take a look at playing Burnley in FA Cup coming up. I want to see some of those youth guys like get Ashley Phillips in there for a game. Get Ashley Phillips in there for a game. Put him beside Van de Ven if Van de Ven is healthy. Have Davies on the bench, willing to come in if if uh, Phillips needs some backup. Because you're going to need to start rotating those guys because Romero has got a hamstring injury now, right? He's out for five weeks. Now, they're, they're saying that that might be a little bit less. It might be only two to three weeks. They're actually targeting the Man United game when uh, the Premier League starts up again. He might be ready for that. I think that's coming up in 10 days. I think that's a push. I don't think he'll be ready for that game. I think it'll be at least one more week after that. But knowing that Van de Ven could possibly be ready, if not for the FA Cup game, definitely for the Man United game. To know Romero is not as bad as we thought. To know that Madison is coming back soon. Well, if Romero can actually keep his head for once, you know? Well, yeah. Th- that's always the question mark about Romero. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah smart up. Yeah, he needs to smarten up because he does feel like he is one breath away from a red card in every game. But... These are big players that are finally, finally getting ready to come back. Uh, I'm really waiting for it. Basuma, he his suspension is going to be over here really, really soon. That's going to be right at the right time, especially with Sar getting ready to leave. And also because we don't know what's happened with Kjoiberg. He's been a guy that's been able to come in and deputize in that role. Uh, it's done really, really well. We thought he was going to be gone in August, but it ended up sticking around. But we know that Juventus is still sniffing around him. And Juventus really want him in, in this window. That's one of the reasons why Spurs are going as hard as they are on Connor Gallagher. Is they don't want to let Hoiberg leave unless they can bring in a guy that can play that same role. I think Gallagher is the wrong person to be looking at because he's just not going to go to Tottenham. I mean, first of all, they said he's not going to be going anywhere. But he's especially January, yeah, and he wants he's to especially say. not going to go to Tottenham. I would be flabbergasted if that happens. Oh yeah, I think there'd be a second Chelsea fans calling him the Antichrist if he didn't. Right, that. like it's it's just it's not going to happen, right? This yeah, is he's, like he's Chelsea you know, at a boyo or moving from uh, Arsenal, Arsenal to Tottenham, City. Yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know. Or um, Figo. Yeah, well, not 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 the same player, but you get the idea. Yeah, the, 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 it's the it's the move, not the player, right? right? If it happens, then I can see Hoiberg 
uh, being able to leave. But he, that is one of the three players that Tottenham is targeting in this uh, January transfer window. The other one uh, we're, we're going to talk about here, because this is the one I expect to happen very, very quickly. Honestly, it could happen today. I know there's a second round of talks that were happening today. Is Genoa's Radu Dragusin. Um, center back. Tottenham has said they need a center back. Postacoglu wants to get them a center back. But not only do they want a center back, they want a center back for this weekend. They want someone now, not January 30th, right? They right. were looking at Jean-Claire Tadebo, uh for Nice, but Nice was kind of waffling on the fee. They wanted to negotiate. It was going to take a few weeks. So Tottenham just said, no, we're done. We need a guy now. And Dragusin looks to be the guy. Now, the thing is, is Dragusin has a lot of interest from Napoli. So there was uh, wondering about that. But it the, Tottenham has been wooing this guy very, very quickly. Apparently, deal with the player is already done. Um, there's about 5 million euro difference between uh, Tottenham and Genoa. Genoa wants 30 million. Tottenham's willing to pay 25. It looks like this is a very minor problem, right? Deal is already done with the player, uh, six and a half years. So it's just a matter of a few million dollars. Exactly. It's going to get done. I don't know if it's going to get done for this weekend that Postacoglu wants, but... That'd be tough. Like, you'd have to fly over. Exactly. Settled. The thing is, is it'll get done before Manchester United. It should. It should. That is the one where I feel they want to get done very, very quickly. Now, the other player that they're looking at right now is a Portuguese winger, Jota. Currently plays in Saudi Arabia for Al Itahad. It's looking like a possible loan with a purchase option, but another winger uh, that they really want to get done. Again, it's going to be a guy that can fight for those starting positions uh, against Kulashevsky. Uh, you bring him in, it does make me wonder what happens with uh, Lacelso, because Lacelso has been great since he's had to come in to deputize for uh, with uh, Kulishevsky and Madison and all those guys. The one guy is if Jota comes in, Brian Heal is gone. I, I I don't see a place for him, and he is so far down the pecking order. The thing with Brian even, Heal is he, is he played like yeah, he's a good player, but he barely played. He can't play in England. Yeah. He, every time that they have loaned him out back to Spain, phenomenal. He's done great. But that's where he needs to be playing consistently. He is he's, just not going to play. He's not cut out for the Premier League. He's just, he just, he doesn't have the physicality for the Premier League. And that's fine, right? You know, not every player can play in every league. And unfortunately, this is one where he can't play. But yeah, there there are three players that Spurs are looking for. They're looking for a center back. They're looking for a winger. They're looking for a midfielder. I can see two of them getting done. The third one I can see getting done if they change who they're looking at, because I don't see Gallagher happening. And that that's just the you know that's just the nature of it, right? Uh, Gallagher will not be a Spurs player. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, as a player for now, right? The only other uh, one that is a little bit of an interest, Spurs are looking at Wolves forward, uh, Huang Hee-chan. Uh, definitely he's come up uh, in strides this season. I think there's yep. more than a few teams looking at him. I don't see it happening in January. This, if anything happens, is going to be a summer move. 
or it's one that they're just going to keep monitoring to see what happens. Uh, other than that, in terms of uh, big moves, SAR did sign a new contract uh, until 2030. So I was talking about that he deserves it. He actually did do it. The other player that I, I think that does deserve it, and uh, I kind of got confused there, is Destiny Udogi. I think uh, Udogi should get a new contract that reflects his position. Uh, Udogi, again, quietly one of those signings of the season. I don't know if he is the signing of the season for Spurs because he would be going up against Vicario. He'd be going up against Madison, Van de Van. But yeah, definitely a guy that needs to be uh, uh, getting a, a bit of a pay raise that reflects and you know add on one or two years to the contract that he already has. Yeah, Burnley. Coming up very, very soon, FA Cup, uh, Manchester United when uh, Premier League gets back up in action. But people are getting healthy. People are getting off suspension. Things are looking up. Yep. I guess things are looking up for both Tottenham and, Spur- and Chelsea for now. Yeah, which is nice. Which is nice. Which is, yeah, which is nice. So, so over the holidays, the European Super League was back in the fold. Yes. For many uh, clubs rejected it, including Chelsea. And the Italian Federation, FIGC, will approve to are going to approve a clause to prohibit access to the Super League for Italian clubs. If any yeah. of the clubs join, they will not play in the 2024-25 Serie A season. Yeah. And the thing is, is we already know that a lot of English clubs will be doing it anyway, because when this whole uh, fiasco happened the first time, you had a lot of the fan groups uh, really, really increase their their influence like a lot of uh uh, clubs have included fan representation on on their boards including chelsea Uh, yep uh tottenham as well so this will not be happening for british clubs either uh you also have the independent regulator that's going to be coming in uh the bill that's actually being fronted by king charles of all people Um, people. yeah so that's going to be happening here soon um i get it I know why uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona want this to hap- happen. They're they've got problems when it comes to money. Yeah, but and that's it. Like this, this is it. a cash grab, and the Super League is literally just them. Yeah. So you know, good luck. Good luck. It's going to be uh, a, a league uh, that they can fight off for themselves. You know, they can yeah, two team league, the, literally. They can have the Clasico and just make it the Super League, I guess. You remember how for years, oh, La Liga is a two-team league. Hey, Super League is a two-team league. Literally. Yeah, it's going to be as well, right? Yeah. So, so at least that fiasco died down a little bit now. Yeah. So uh, Wayne Rooney and Carl Robinson, former Whitecast head coach, left DC United to join FC Birmingham's coaching staff. And the way FC Birmingham treated their previous manager was pretty poor because they it were in Yeah, like he was doing a good job, but you have new ownership come in. Which includes Tom Brady and yeah. John Eustace, the former Birmingham manager, pretty much did got done dirty. So yep. Brady and company brought in Rooney and I guess Robble too. And they have now fallen from 5th to 20th. Yeah, so 83 so, days. Yep, so Rooney and Robbo are out at Birmingham City. Yeah. Uh, you got to wonder what does this mean long term uh, when it comes to Wayne Rooney in terms of a managerial. He pretty career? much screwed his coaching career. 
Yeah. After that, and I felt like, really felt like he jumped the shark leaving DC United. I think DC would have given him. They would have given him the more time. time. Like uh, DC was not a good team. Yeah. But what happened at Birmingham? I Thirteen mean, losses in fifteen games. I, you can understand. Oh. DC yeah. United, you can understand Derby. There was financial restrictions that work. It was difficult place to work as a manager. Rooney, you can't fault Rooney for what happened with those teams. Birmingham, it's on him. Yeah. Two wins, four draws, nine losses. To be yeah. Exact. John Eustace, I mean, that was, uh, he had the team playing. So, yeah. And they were in fifth. Yeah. I do wonder what this means for Rooney in terms of being a manager now. Was this his Alan Shear moment? Was this his Gary Neville moment? <laughs> or, yeah, if that even works, right? Well, should have stayed in D.C. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, uh, and Rob will find some assistant coaching job anywhere, I'm sure. He will. I do wonder uh, if Rooney... <laughs> Is Rooney the guy that uh, Al Itafak looks at if they decide to get rid of Steven Gerrard? Probably. Right? Because the the name seems to be more important than the technique. Right. So, And I guess Birmingham had, didn't learn the fine lines. No. Robinson. So. Every great player is not necessarily a great manager. Exactly. And it's, it's so funny because like, it seems like other sports understand that. It seems like football doesn't. There's this belief that if you're a fantastic player, you're going to be a fantastic manager. Pirlo. Wayne Gretzky was the GOAT, but he was not a good coach. And I'm pretty sure he's even admitted it. Oh, he's admitted it too. Now, again, he had a horrible situation. He was managing in Phoenix or Arizona, whatever you want to call him these days. I mean, that's not a good place for a hockey manager to, or a hockey coach to go. Yeah, and but, what, now Gretzky's just kicking it with the TNT crew. Yeah, exactly, right? And hanging out with Aquilini, but... I've known firsthand what a amazing player becoming a manager looked like, like Frank exactly. Lampard. Or if you're going to do it, you got to do it the right way and kind of you know work your chops up. Work your way up. Was That's what a he did. good player. He was a great defensive guy, but he was he even as a player, he was a coach, right? Like, and he worked his way up, right? Like he wasn't given the the top top jobs. Right away, right? Pep Guardiola, how much? How many times did he, he actually was with the third team? Many, many with years. Barcelona for 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 a while. He was he a very good ball. defensive, uh, deep line playmaking player. Yep, worked his way up to the Barcelona ranks. It was a risk having him coach the first team, but look at him now—one of the greatest managers ever. Jurgen Klopp with uh, Mines. I mean, he was basically a player manager. Yeah, because he got for a while before he actually got, went full time into management. Yeah, but then you got players lo- like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard. Yeah, genius of a player, absolute imbecile of a manager. Yeah. So, so I, I again, don't know. it's it's one of those things that does kind of strike me as a little bit strange. Yeah, but... we don't see this in hockey like a lot. You don't, like, with the exception of uh, Rod Brindamore, but he worked his way up. The coaching he did ranks. again, right? He worked his way up. You see a lot of a lot of uh, former uh, players. They'll be uh, WHL, AHL. They work their way up, or they, uh, they they go back and they're working in junior or or in the college system. 
before yeah, they get John there. Cooper was a lawyer, right? Yeah. He did not play pro hockey and look, he's like one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah. Or closer to home, Rick Tockett, great player, good fighter. But he worked his way up many years. As an yeah. Assistant. Anyway, uh, Wayne Rooney, I think it's going to be a long time before he gets another job or yeah. it's going to be overseas. Or it's going to be. MLS. Yeah. But yeah. That or he's gonna, it's going to be somewhere lower league somewhere. He's not going to be given a Premier League job. I don't think nope. he'll even be given a championship level job. League one, league two, maybe. Or he comes back to uh, America and looks at I don't know USL Pro. I, I think he needs a few years to figure out what kind of manager he is. Yeah, because or whether like... he wants to be one. No, he reported that he still wants to be a manager. Yeah, right. But yeah. Birmingham, a team I mean, that uh, had a lot of uh, promise. Promise is yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. And they did John used this dirty and brought in a big name, and it failed. Yeah, it did miserably failed. So Liverpool, top of the Premier League table, excuse me, played a thriller against Newcastle, though it was pretty much a Liverpool dominance. We want to look at numbers because the XG. It was over seven, for which Liverpool. is like the highest in Premier League history. Like this game had everything: botched calls, missed penalties, yep. weird tackles, dives. Like this was a great game to start the new year. Four-two Liverpool win. Salah gets two. Curtis Jones and Cody Gakpo score like four minutes apart. Isak ties the game. Sven Botman gets a header to make it close. But despite but watching this game, do you also feel like that refs are giving a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to Liverpool now? That refs are scared to go after Liverpool because of what happened during the Liverpool Spurs game? Yeah, and guess who the ref was for this game? Anthony Taylor. Anthony Taylor. And that call at the end, or near the end of the game, before Salah scored the penalty. So Jota runs uh, Dubravka. There's barely any contact. He dives. Penalty. VR, VAR did look at it, but at the end, Anthony Taylor gave it a penalty. Absolutely ridiculous call. Yeah. Never a pen. I'm sorry, but I don't know what Jota was thinking. He could have just shot it instead of just pretended he was in the swimming pool. But it gave Salah a goal because Salah missed a penalty earlier in the match. Yep. Maybe that was all part of his master plan. But Maybe. again, I great think, game. Uh, Salah has actually now joined uh, Egypt, a very yeah. select uh, of players that have scored 150 goals for one club. Yep. Darwin Nunes is such a funny player. You know why? He can miss these like five yard tap ins, but then like in a game or two later, he'll score like a 20 yard banger. I know, right? He's such a funny player. And uh, watch through Endo. Remember, people were like, oh my God, they replaced Hendo with Endo. That's so funny. They missed out on Caicedo and Lavia. He's been quietly good for them. Yeah, because not all the uh, the midfielders they brought in have been. I mean, Sabasly's been decent. Curtis yeah. Jones had his ups and downs, but Endo, quietly, that defensive, responsible box to box guy. Yeah. And you said this is still Man City's title to lose. I, I kind of do agree. And Arsenal are faltering, but Liverpool are showing a lot of good stuff right now. Mm-hmm. 
And this is going to be interesting to see what happens this month because Salah's off to AFCON. Exactly. I think Liverpool is definitely, if there's any team that's going to push Man City, it could be Liverpool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, this is one of the more exciting title races in a while because you have five teams and it's already after Christmas. That doesn't happen. Nope. So, I, I mean, it's it's the Premier League. It, it kind of feels like one of those leagues where you expect, oh, it's always going to be Manchester City. I think it will be still, but yeah. it's definitely not ordained this year. Nope. And this game, like... Even the first half, we've got to remember the first half was 0 0, but that game was, that half was back and forth. Yeah, yeah, it was Chances kind of nuts. Yeah. But yeah, I missed two of the goals, but I had to watch it back. This was a great, this was a fun game. Why we love the Premier League. And the title race is pretty exciting. Always fun. So, one last thing here uh, big news out of Manchester United. Uh, Jaden Sancho, who has barely, hardly played. Or pl- hasn't played at all since that public feud with Eric Ten Hag has been linked heavily with a move back to Borussia Dortmund on a loan deal. Uh, apparently, Jaden Sancho and his uh, his crew are pushing very, yep, very pushing. hard to get this done. Yeah, and ever since he joined Manchester United, he just wasn't the player they signed. Yeah, and attitude issues had to be part of it. Definitely, because he's always had them. And he's just not the same creator, not the same like guy that scores goals. Just, I guess a move to Dortmund could potentially revive him. I think it would be a good move for him. Uh, I think I think he got stifled at Man United. I think he saw the prestige of Man United and thought he could fit in that, but the prestige of Man United is just not there anymore. Yeah. And- um Romano then, saying that the yes in the key stages, Man United will now open to accept loan, but they'll have to pay part of the salary. Which uh, uh, I'm just looking at Jaden Sancho's salary; it is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, that's going to be the one sticking point for Dortmund. Uh, Three hundred fifteen thousand U.S. dollars per week. Like, I don't know if Dortmund would give him half that. Yeah. Right. So United are, they have to pay a part of it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think just players at Dortmund was like, remember, like, like, oh my God, this guy is one of the brightest young talents. This guy is amazing. Wherever he goes to next, they're going to get a world-class player. But at United, completely different player. Yeah. He was like 007, if you remember, when he first signed. <laughs> yeah. And I guess... I don't he, know. I mean, he's. He, you also have to remember that if he goes back to Dortmund, it's a different team. Yeah, there's no Holland, no Bellingham. Right. Like, he's going to be uh, beside guys like, I don't know, Giovanni Arena. Yeah, who, uh, who's been linked with a way out of Dortmund for a yeah. while now. And right. they're in fifth. Yeah. I'm, I mean, he... Nicholas Fulkrug is pretty good, but uh, he'll have to learn how to play with him. Yeah. Like uh, right now, uh, the Bundesliga is weird. It, it's a, it's a two way race, but what Leverkusen has been able to do, they haven't lost yet. Yeah. They have not lost yet. 13, three and all. Yeah. 
Like, I get it. Bayern's got a game in hand on them. So, like, that I mean, Bayern's got is me a one-point gap. But Leverkusen. In, potentially. I want it. My heart says Leverkusen will win the league, but my head says Bayern will win it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, that would be something else if Leverkusen pulled it. Would be, it would be something else, right? And that's the joke, is that Harry Kane goes to Bayern. He wins the scoring title, but still can't win a trophy. A trophy. <laughs> That would be the big meme, right? Because Harry I mean, Kane's just been a meme. Harry Kane's already breaking uh, the the records for for goals there, but yeah, it would it would be. Uh, oh, I'd feel for the guy. <laughs> I mean, even as a neutral, you can't help but feel for Harry Kane because he seems like a decent guy off the pitch. Yeah, right. I mean, he, I mean this is Harry Kane, one of the best strikers in the world. Absolutely, to ever play the game. But back to Sancho. Just get him out of United alone, move him to Dortmund or wherever. Let him play. Let him rebuild himself. But I guess the attitude problems have really been a huge factor in why his career has been on a downhill. You know what? I get that there's attitude problems, but this whole latest thing between him and Ten Hag, I got to be honest. It's too much. I also think Ten Hag is in the wrong. Yeah, like... Don't call out the go- you got to know which players you can call out publicly or privately. He chose public. You're angry that the player went public as well. You're the one who started this. Like, I'm sorry, but for me, this is on the manager. Yeah. And just do it in private. Exactly. Like if you, if, I, I don't know. I don't understand the whole airing of your dirty laundry uh, to the public. I love this game, but I don't care about this stuff. Yeah, this, this isn't. This, this isn't. isn't this uh, isn't the game. This, this isn't, isn't the game. Real Housewives. No, exactly. This is right. This. This is. This is little kids on the playground that can't play together. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. But separate them. Put them in different corners. That hasn't worked. So now you got to change schools. Yeah, and he has to go back to his old school. Exactly right. <laughs> to revitalize his grades. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Before we wrap up, I do want to mention uh, some news here. Um, Pedro Vite has just been called up to the Ecuadorian U23 national team for the upcoming 2024 Combo Pre-Olympic Tournament in Venezuela. This is going to be uh, Ecuador fighting for a spot in the 2024 Summer Olympics. Pedro Vite is going to be a part of that pre-tournament to see if it can happen. If it does, it does make me wonder if uh, Vite gets called up to the Olympics, which, you know, means that he's going to be gone because uh, Olympics are this year. But Impact, good on yeah. him for getting the call-up. Yeah, I mean, Ecuador's top prospects. Yeah. Got a lot of good strides last year. No surprise he gets called up. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so and according to Glass, I mean, Vite actually gave an interview in Ecuador. Um, he pretty much denied rumors of him moving to Ecuador or anywhere else. He says, I'm happy in MLS and I have two years left on the contract. He did, so yeah. Um, he's got two years left on the contract. Whether or not he, he plays all two years, we'll wait that's to see. That's the question rate to be seen. Yep. So, happy new One year. One more once year again. for sure. Yeah. Happy new year once again. Hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Follow me on Twitter, JoshRay00, Nathan is Andurek. Check out our writing for Air 51 Sports Network. And also, I'll be writing a bit for Canadian Soccer Daily. Thanks to Brendan Dunlop for having me on. And 
tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong with this podcast. Your feedback and constructive criticism is always welcome. More White Cats coverage as the January transfer window continues. And we'll follow all the big moves around the world to see what happens. Because it's a fun time. (laughs) Always is, yeah. So that concludes this week's episode. Peace out. Take care.